Okay, Nugent News Network's on the air. So, uh, gonna be the Tribune today, Sunday Tribune Review, and I'm gonna kind of go through this quickly, to be honest with you. So, uh, Mayor's property tax plan faces reality check is one of the front page stories. Um, now, the mayor put in an automatic inflation escalator for property taxes, which sounds horrible. But when you read the article, you find out that there's a 5% cap on it, and she has the option to waive it. So given that it's an election year, who knows? It seemed like a good idea at the time because inflation was running maybe less than 2%. So rather than having a big uh, jump, big gap up, uh, the theory was that you would every year have a little bit of a incremental increase, which is generally not a bad idea. But who knew that inflation was going to jump to 9%? Okay, um, also on the Chicagoland front, uh, Paul Vallis and uh, Willie Wilson and Lori Lightfoot are the uh, leaders in fundraising for the mayoral race. So Lori has $2.6 million. Willie Wilson has $4.5 million, most of which is his own money that he lent himself. And third is Paul Vallis with $886,000 from a few big donors. Uh, Michael Kaiser, who's a Republican, is contributing to Vallis. Now, given the cosmetics, I think it's unlikely that uh, anybody who looks like Paul Vallis will ever become mayor of Chicago. But uh, my guy, Lopez, Raymond Lopez, only has $192,000. So I think the best we can do is an Hispanic mayor, frankly, in the future. So let's see what else. We're going through it from the front back. This is a pretty good edition of the Tribune, frankly. Pretty meaty. But as I turn the pages, I find... There's not that many articles that I actually picked out. The Trib is not covering the crime situation. The Another front page is about cruising the Great Lakes. Well, that that's a real urgent... Where's the news judgment there? You tell me. Uh, by the way, I got a new full-time job as uh, a business uh, journalist. So, uh, for an outfit called payments.com, P-Y-M-N-T-S.com. So I'll be on camera as well as doing a couple, three stories a day. Uh, Jill Biden made a gaffe. This is in the editorial section. And she's trying to be politically correct. Jill Biden is supposed to be the responsible one. Her husband is the gaffe machine. On Monday, Joe Biden pushed back the date of a school shooting by 100 years. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, 1918. 17 dead, 17 injured, he said. 
Well, that should be 2018. It's too bad. It isn't 100 years ago. Um, Monday, Jill pulled a Joe. This is a report from the Boston Herald editorial staff. She was trying to patronize Hispanics uh, at the annual conference of Unidos U.S., she was praising civil rights activist Raul Zaguire. That's Y-Z-A-G-U-I-R-R-E. I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. So Jill said, Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community is distinct as the bodegas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio is your strength. Now that sounds like it was a speechwriter, to tell you the truth. And that's not the best speechwriting in the world. So the pushback she got from the National Association of Hispanic Journalists was not amused. Using breakfast tacos to try to demonstrate the uniqueness of Latinos in San Antonio demonstrates a lack of cultural knowledge and sensitivity to the diversity of Latinos in the region. NAHJ encourages Dr. Biden and her speechwriting team, correct, to take the time in the future to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. We are not tacos, <laughs> NAHJ added. Uh, between, uh, the, the editorial goes on to say, between Vice President Kamala Harris's odd laughs and word salads, the president's verbal and physical unsteadiness, and now the cringe-worthy metaphor of Jill Biden, the White House does not inspire much confidence these days. The question going forward is not so much should Biden run again, but whether approval ratings can hit single digits. Wow. Boom, boom. So I wrote a little poem inspired by Joe and Jill. Joe and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of petrol. That's as far as I got. But the spectacle of Joe Biden fist-bumping the Saudi Arabian leader was pathetic. And he didn't even get any oil for his trip. So Now here's something about a senator named Raphael Warnock who won in Georgia. His victory actually gave the Democrats their razor-thin majority. Um, So this is by, I think, a a gentleman. I'm not sure about the gender. Uh, Bin Chang Mao. Could be, you know. So when I read the last name Mao, I was like, "Hmm." oh yeah, he. He writes about human rights and economic justice. So, economic justice, you know, that's kind of a code word. But uh, he talks about Warnock. He says, Warnock is not only avoiding a route, but achieving a 10 percentage point lead over his Trump-endorsed Republican opponent, who is Herschel Walker, who is a real gaffe machine, by the way. So, um, anyway, Warnock introduced an amendment with Ted Cruz. So... It's an uh, it's an amendment to uh, arrange for interstate highway funding. Well, the fact that he's willing to work with Ted Cruz says something. He's willing to reach across the aisle. So this uh, gentleman Mao says that he, Raphael Warnock should run for president 
in 2020. So they're already talking about getting rid of Joe, big time. Uh, Joe must go. Even the Democrats seem to agree with that. I never did like Joe much. I always thought he was kind of a goof, and it seems like I was right. He started out okay, but boy. Anyway, so here's a feature the trip runs every day. On this day in 1821, Spain ceded Florida to the United States. In 1898, the Spanish garrison in Santiago, Cuba, surrendered to U.S. forces in the Spanish-American War. And nine days later, Spain sought peace terms. In 1936, the Spanish Civil War began as General Francisco Franco, who used to be a punchline on Saturday Night Live, led a military revolt. A lot of times we forget how big a role Spain had as a colonial power in the United States. You know, we glorify Hispanics, Latinos, but Spain was as much of a colonial power as Britain or France. So, let's lest we forget. Um, in 1959, singer Billie Holiday died at 44 years of age. I didn't know she was so young when she died. I don't know if she died of heroin addiction or what. In 1991, Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev appealed for Western aid at the conclusion of the Group of Seven Economic Summit in London. Remember when the Soviets were just kind of a broke joke? And now they're back as Russians, albeit. And speaking of Russia, in 2014, a surface-to-air missile killed 298 people aboard Malaysia Flight MH17, raining debris and body parts over eastern Ukraine. The Kiev government blamed Russian-backed separatist rebels for the attack on the Boeing 777, which was headed to Kuala Lumpur from Amsterdam. So, let's not... Let us not forget that this... Uh, Ukraine-Russia thing goes back for at least nine years. And the Russians are back in Boris Badenov mode, for those of you who remember Rocky and Bullwinkle. Sad but true. The end of history, as Francis Fukuyama declared it, turns out not to have been the end of history. Back to Russia... Uh, Russian rhetoric is not reality, I wrote. Um, in, in that regard, they're kind of Trumpish. So there's a story about the war in Ukraine. Earlier this month, Putin suggested that Russia will escalate the war. Um, Zelensky countered by saying sometimes information weapons can do more than regular weapons, which is true. Uh, It would appear that uh, the Ukrainians are repelling attempted Russian thrusts into various places in the Ukraine, which I don't, I'm not familiar with and neither are you. these assaults indicate the Russian forces are attempting to resume their, resume their offensive while noting that the assaults are still small-scale and were largely ineffective. So, rhetoric not matching reality is the bottom line. Now, 
we move on. Um, there's a story which I'll leave to you. There's a fellow named Ray Apps who showed up rather uh, indiscreetly at the January 6th, whatever you want to call it. And now the Trump squad has positioned him as some kind of a government plant. They're saying that he was sent down there to encourage people to go storm the White House and that it wasn't their fault, that this was all an inside job by the deep state. But this poor guy's life has turned to living hell because all the MAGA folks are on his back. So uh, now we move on to the success uh, portion of the paper, which is your guide to managing money, work, and the business of life. And basically clip stories out of three publications that are not the Tribune, including Inc. Magazine. Um, So here's an article by Jeff Hayden. First things first, depression is the fourth leading cause of the global disease burden and leading cause of disability. As for stress, nearly one in three people report feeling extremely stressed. Three out of four experience stress that affects their physical or mental health. So... um, this is a problem. So if you want to be stress-free, the recommendation is, one, do cardio first thing in the morning, which I don't do. Second, do a high-intensity interval training regimen, which I don't do. Three, do a group workout, which I don't do. No wonder I'm stressed. All right. Uh, The pitfalls of Medicare Part C. All I'm going to say about that is don't, don't call in and give them your zip code. Medicare Part C, um, I don't know what C stands for, but uh, it's not a good word. So stay away from Part C. Don't say C to Part C, to use my Spanish education. Okay, how to be productive and avoid interruptions. Steer clear of this. You have to accept this brutal truth. For most of us, the most destructive interruptions are those we allow or even create ourselves. So, uh, technology brings interruptions. Use it to limit them instead. The infinite scroll of smartphones is a true temptation and a procrastinator's dream. Turn on a focus assist option to mute most notifications on PC and set smartphones to do not disturb. I don't do that, but probably should. Wait 10 seconds. When you get a notification, try to break your autopilot response by stopping, setting your phone down, and counting for 10 seconds, and then see if you need to do anything about it. Uh, Three, use the Pomodoro technique, which calls for 28 minutes of work time followed by five minutes of break time. Now, I've tried the Nugent technique, which is five minutes of work time, followed by like 28 hours of break time. That doesn't work. I can tell you that. Terry Savage says, over the long run, it has always paid to be bullish on America. And that's the savage truth. So now's a good time to buy in the market, I would say. It's also a good time to buy my house. So if you know anybody who wants to buy a house in Lincoln Park, let me know. Um, here's another tip. Put your mind ahead of your mouth to avoid rambling. Okay? 
Uh, to speak more clearly and effectively, speakers need to enable their minds to go first, producing a rolling mental script that their mouths can simply follow. So I think I'm going to tear that out to use for my clubhouse room, <clears throat> which starts at 4 o'clock central. And it's about writing, so most of you should not bother coming in. <coughs> Excuse me. 16 minutes in. Okay. You don't need more time. You just need more of this key decision-making skill. Uh, indecision is a form of hiding, so don't be indecisive. Use the 10-10-10 approach to shift perspective. According to Susie Welch, Jack, Welch, Jack Welch's wife, Ask yourself how you'll feel about this decision in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years. Gain clarity about what matters most. Clarity is important. What feels most energizing and exciting? What aligns with most with who I want to be? Put yourself in that window at 30,000 feet. Help you remember your lives are bigger and longer than whatever... You're in the thick of right now. Lifting your heads to notice the shapes, streams, and horizon line just might help us see the big picture and inform with confidence what's next. And that's always a good question to ask yourself. What's next? So I'm going to pick that out here for the clubhouse room, too. This kind of stuff we talk about on the clubhouse. How to be a better writer. That's the okay. Um, remote job interviews are here to stay. I'm not going to cover that too much with y'all. Okay. Let's see what else we have here. That's it for that section of the paper, at least. Okay. Um... There's an article, preliminary autopsy says Jalen Walker shot dozens of times. Now, Jalen Walker was from Akron, Ohio. He was shot by police in Akron, Ohio. Summit County, been there. Not a tourist attraction by any means. Now, um... The June 27th pursuit began when officers tried to pull him over for equipment violations like a taillight. Authorities say Walker fired a gunshot from his car 40 seconds into the chase. So he took off. No illegal drugs or alcohol. Um, now, I think the rap here is that the there is some dispute over whether or not he had a gun even. Yeah, Ken Abarno, a lawyer representing Walker's family, said the medical examiner's findings confirmed that Walker, unarmed, came to a brutal, senseless death. So did he, did he fire at the officers or not? The reason I bring this up is that this is not a George Floyd moment, right? I mean, people have grown calloused to this sort of story. And I think part of it is the crime waves that have afflicted the cities in the wake of the whole defund the police and fetal position movement, right? 
So this story is not causing riots, folks. So I think we've kind of grown insensitive to this sort of thing. I mean, a year or two ago, this would have set the whole country on fire. Part of it's also that Donald Trump is not in the White House, I think. That was in part a protest against Donald Trump, all that George Floyd stuff. Okay. Now here's another harebrained scheme. Uh, the group of 20 G20 industrialized countries are talking about capping the price of Russian oil. Well, how are you going to do that? China's not going to play ball. India's not going to play ball. The details of how such a mechanism would work remain unclear. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, under the Global Warming Department, uh, the UK has gotten so hot that the runways are melting on the airports. So, it's getting a little harder to uh, question the notion that it's getting warmer, folks. So, but what are you going to do? Um, you know, climate change activists are gluing their hands to the ground in Germany. And there's a quote uh, from one of them saying, it's absolutely crazy to glue yourself, to stick yourself to the road with superglue. But that's what they're doing. Now, scientists agree that the world has no time to waste in cutting emissions, but have tried to counter doomism by arguing the world isn't headed off one single cliff so much as a long, steep slope with several precipitous drops. So that means we can do something, according to Ricarda Winkelmann, a scientist at the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research near Berlin. Uh, Berlin's mayor is called the street blockades, or that's what these kids are doing. They're gluing them. One of them is actually in his 70s. They're not all kids, but... Berlin's mayor has called the street blockades crimes while the city's top security official is demanding that prosecutors and courts mete out swift convictions. So far, no cases have gone to trial. Uh, they picked this up from the U.S. Civil Rights Movement and fight for women's suffrage. So America leads the world by example. And, of course, they picked that up from Gandhi, I think, nonviolent protests. So... <clears throat> Ball of confusion out there, right? All right, let's move right along here. I decided to keep this one, too, just now. Okay, in sports, uh, looks like the Blackhawks are going to keep Kane and Taze. Taze pronounced T-O-E-W-S. But everybody else is getting dumped. So that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe you can build around two old dogs. And Kane still plays like he's a teenager. All right. Um, Walter Scott asked. This is in Parade Magazine. Tim Matheson says that you need to uh, reinvent yourself every six years, I think. No, that was Kevin Bacon, I'm sorry. Tim Matheson. Oh, yeah, no, this is right. The question is, you, Tim Matheson, have said that you reinvent yourself every five to seven years. Is that the key to your success? And he responds, there's an old joke. 
Who is Tim Matheson? Get me Tim Matheson. Get me someone like Tim Matheson. Who is Tim Matheson? That's the span of your career. So you, if you keep mixing it up, you don't get stuck. I think that's good advice. I think I'll do that in the, pod, in the clubhouse uh, room today. All right. So I read a book or I listened to an audio book called The Secret over the weekend. I'll probably have more to say about that. But I am recommending this to you. Uh, because basically they give away the secret early. So I'm not spoiler alerting you. But the secret is the law of attraction. So you attract what you think about is the bottom line. And you, your feelings are a function of what you think about. So the idea is if you think positive, good things will happen. I've always been a skeptic about that. But I actually started thinking positively. And it says that, uh, you know, you'll act like a magnet and you'll attract the things that you ask for in life. And I actually did get a job, as I said at the top, you know, which I wanted. So, coincidence or causality? Correlation or causality? Who can say? Okay, so here's Good Habits 101. Six simple ways to develop feel-good practices. Figure out why it's important to you, whatever it is. Make it small. Establish a prompt. Celebrate your success every time. Don't be rigid. Create habits to regulate your emotions. This is a good idea. Your emotions can be... You know, fear is the mind killer, right? That's what my wife says all the time. Because I'm always afraid. A lot of times, of my wife. So, anyway. And they interview Kevin Bacon. I want to see... Uh, they asked Kevin Bacon, are you the kind of actor who likes to revisit his career? He says, no, the only time I look back is when I do interviews. I don't have a rear view mirror. I don't go back and watch my movies. I don't collect memorabilia and I don't have news clippings. I do have memorabilia. I don't have any news clippings because I never make any news. He always takes the subway versus the cabs. Can you imagine that in New York? His favorite sad song is Joni Mitchell's River. And I think that's, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Favorite getaway spot, he says, does it have to be anywhere other than my house? I no longer have that vacation wanderlust. And boy, neither do I. But somebody did ask me about Ireland. I would go. I'm not afraid to fly over the water. So if anybody's going to Ireland, let me know. I may go with you. And he, his kids went into acting. He said, you're in for a lifetime of being told no, which is sad. And then they ask him, do you really still need opportunities at this point? He says, of course I do. I never take my career for granted. I've seen a lot of actors just fall away for whatever reason. Life can knock you down. I hope to keep working for a long time. And I feel so lucky to still be at it. So he's a humble man. I like that. Now, the Tribune is not covering this. But the 312 in Chicago Magazine has an article about the Lean Mile. They're actually talking about making the Magnificent Mile, which I call the Malevolent Mile or the Maleficent Mile. 
into a TIF zone as a blighted neighborhood. Can you imagine that? Uh, there's a 22% retail vacancy rate compared with 4% in 2016, a 23% year-over-year drop in city sales tax revenue in the 60611 zip code. Uh, after a recent rash of shootings, assaults, carjackings, and smash-and-grab thefts, it is also now seen as a dangerous place to visit. So the plan is to create a pedestrian-friendly promenade with wider sidewalks, extended green spaces, and pocket parks. This is for wandering, lounging, or grabbing a drink. This is like an invitation for takeovers. Uh, they want to divide it into four retail zones. Underused office space could be repurposed as student housing. That's a good idea for downtown campuses like Loyola. And medical hotels, that's a good idea. Uh, one issue that can't wait is crime. The number one concern in real estate is location, location, location. Well, we've got location already. So the top three things are public safety, public safety, public safety, says Anthony Hopkins. He should run, or no, Brian Hopkins. He should run for mayor. Magmile merchants have agreed to pay more for surveillance and security. Illinois passed a law this year, which my friend Susie Glowak was responsible for, targeting culprits of organized smash and grabs, such as those that hit the street in 2019 and have not, had, have not started it, stopped hitting the street. Violators who steal more than $300 of goods could face up to 10 years in the joint. That's what we need. The Mag Miles criminal travails became a flashpoint for awakening or awakening for legislators, said Rob Carr, CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. Lowering real estate taxes would help, but Fritz Kage is actually raising them. Uh, the Water Tower Place is now worth less than the $300 million owed on it. $300 million for Water Tower Place. Another sign that the Magnificent Mile has lost its magnificence. How sad. Now, there's also a small article about Mount Carmel. For 122 years, Mount Carmel High School has educated only boys, including Tom Dart and Donovan McNabb, noting elusive growth for single-sex Catholic schools. Its board will decide whether to go co-ed. And... I, you know, I have no objection to that. I think it'd be crazy to send your daughter down there. But, be that as it may. So anyway, that's it for today. Now, I just got the Week magazine in, and another publication that I get, which is like... Chronicles, a magazine of American culture, which is pretty conservative. So anyway, um, I will bring you the highlights of that. Once I get done with them. So be, live long, prosper. And I've, I'm wearing my mask again in certain circumstances. So you may want to think about wearing yours so you don't get this BA.5 variant of COVID or of coronavirus. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.